Boker Tov, we are in Parashat Toledot. Toledot. Uh, before we begin Parashat Toledot, just a little bit of a public service announcement. There's a lot of demand for a Navi class. And besides for the fact that we've already done most of the Nevi'im Rishonim in the morning on the Navi podcast, uh, which you could find on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, just looking up the Navi podcast, there was demand to do something of the sort on Sundays. So Bezat Hashem, what we plan on doing is, as we've been doing, we're going to continue doing parasha daily. And then on Sunday, we're going to start with a Navi class and finish with some final words on the parasha. So that's a new change in the, in the events. Also, Bezat Hashem, there's going to be breakfast on Sunday. There's an anonymous donor who is going to be uh, sponsoring breakfast on Sunday. So we're going to have Navi class with breakfast, 10 a.m. on Sunday, followed by some final parting words on each parasha. It should be very, very fun. Men, women, all are welcome to join. Please join us on Sunday at 10 a.m. Okay. The end of Parashat Chaye Sarah, we did some accounting. That's where we are going to be. Oh, we need to figure out exact location. Past couple of weeks, we've been in the basement floor in the Beit Midrash of Sharer Achamim. Uh, but I'm going to be in touch with the, whoever the board is this week and to see uh, if we can have our old location back, okay? Just, you know, it's hard dealing with lame duck board members. So we didn't know that, what to do past couple of weeks. Okay. The end of Parashat Chai Sara, so we saw the death of Abraham and it was a very, very peaceful ending to Abraham's story. He died in old age. Zaken, and he was taken up to his people. And then we do some accounting. Uh, I was asked by my mother actually, what is the purpose of Ishmael's, Ishmael's descendants? So, somebody told me these are our good customers. Oh, that's why? <laughs> well, they're your good customers, but more in particular. I don't know if everybody sells to that region of the world. Okay, so. Um, <laughs> So, why, so the, the parasha ends with a couple of things. It ends with the, the lineage of Ishmael uh, and a little bit of a description of where they lived. Now, what's the purpose of that description? I think it's because in finishing, there are two reasons why it would be described. All the nations of the world. First of all, Abraham. because Ishmael ends up, becoming a, uh, represent, ends up becoming a group of nations in the world. So it's a little bit of, a, of an introduction to the nations we will be contending with as Am Israel. As you can imagine, the book Bereshit, although it's about the Avot, it's written for Am Israel to read, meaning us, or at least Am Israel of the time of receiving at Har Sinai. In which case, knowing and understanding the history of the varying nations is going to explain to them who all these people are that they live amongst. At the same time, Ishmael is the son of Abraham. And Abraham was promised that Ishmael was Gamhu Yele'am Gamhu Yigda. He will be a great. From him, there's gonna Sorry, be... I, I. Was that. Did I just quote Esav or Ishmael? Anyways, uh, Ishmael was promised to become a nation, and he would. Uh, and Abraham was promised that Ishmael would become a nation. Okay, so this is a fulfillment of the promise of Abraham that Ishmael would turn into nations. Uh, all the descendants of Abraham, they end up turning into nations. We will see a similar thing by Esav as well when it goes through Esav's lineage. By 
Ishmael, we see 12 sons representing 12 shivatim, meaning he built a complete family, meaning anybody who comes from Abraham is blessed. Whether they are the chosen one to follow in the way of God, it doesn't matter. All of his descendants are going to be blessed. All the wars, all the nations will bless themselves. Yeah, there was actually one last interesting thing, and that is, if you know, I didn't notice this before until this year. One of his sons is. Oh, I thought one of them was uh, Midian. Where does it say he was Midian? Okay, I thought one of them was Midian. I think it says somewhere that there was was Midian. Okay, and uh, all of these nations somehow will become relevant to Am Israel later. But but that's that's really the main explanation. It's to show that Ishmael, despite the fact that we're leaving him, the other children of Abraham that he got after no. with Keturah, one of them is. That's Midian. what I was looking for. Okay, fine. Midian, Epha, Epha, ah, her, we found her. Okay, the other the other sons of Abraham with he had with the second wife named Keturah. One of them was Midian, and Midian is going to be the one that ends up harboring Moshe Rabbeinu. So it's like the descendants of Abraham come to save the day for the other descendants of Abraham. And we have all of that, okay? So you have Abraham, the end of Abraham's life, the, the wife he married, the kids that he sent away to the east. And you have the descendants of Ishmael showing that Ishmael became a great nation just like Abraham was promised. Okay, now we go to Parashat Toledo. Now after we tell about the... Whenever you, you talk about the lineage of one person in Tanakh, and we've said this before... What does it tell you that we're doing with that person? Yeah. We're concluding their story. Yes. The chapter okay? is finished. So Ishmael is done. Now we turn our focus to Yitzchak. No more back, focus on Ishmael. The final thing we know about Ishmael is actually a good thing. Yeah. When, uh, that he buried Abraham. Yes. Yitzchak and Ishmael together. buried Abraham yeah. together, which is super significant. Uh, and it's also maybe why some of the Midrashim, they actually say Ishmael. Did teshuva Whenever he was older He did teshuva Now what fascinates me Is that I feel like it's happening today We know this concept in the Ramban That Whatever you find in the Avot stories Is a sign for the future So Isn't it fascinating I don't know Maybe I'm just trying to make a connection It's not really there but the but it, the, what the Middle East is today yes, Compared changing, to 20 years ago totally. Changed completely you go to Dubai and they treat you like a king. You know. It's Jewish. Now it's a Jewish nation. <laughs> right? They, 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 love, they love the Jews, apparently. My, my uh, wife went there. She said yes. they treat you with so much respect. They're so respectful of your minagim and your customs and this and that. So there's some... Whether it's because of our power or whatever it is, it's Borei Olam's way of making them maybe do Teshuvah. I don't know, but it's a fascinating thing to think about. Now the word Toledot is actually a difficult translation. How do they translate it there? They translate the offspring. It could also be translated as the happenings of Yitzhak. But whenever you see the word Toledot, it's actually introducing a new topic. It ends the previous topic and now we're beginning the topic of Yitzhak. Any reference to Yitzhak before was more a story about Abraham than about Yitzhak. Now we're focusing on Yitzhak. Okay. It's probably the only parasha about Yitzchak. Right. Yeah, and, and on, that's a side note. That, that about Yitzchak, this is the only parasha we have. It's very scant on details. First, we're going to have the topic, 
the first half of the parasha, first part of the parasha, is about his infertility issues with his wife and how they overcame that. Then it's the birth of the twins and the, the stew that one twin built and made for the other. Then we go into Yitzchak's business ventures and his interactions with the people of Abimelech, with, the, with those people. And then we go back to his, his final days at the end of our parasha, to his last days in which whenever his sons are trying to vie for the beracha from him. And then that's it. And then the next parasha is Yaakov. It's incredible. Right? Very, very little we have on Yitzchak. Uh, and, and we don't have much words from him either. We don't know. Yes. He doesn't speak much either. These are the descendants of Yitzhak, son of Abraham. First, Abraham had Yitzhak. And then he was 40 years when he took Rivka as a wife. And Yitzchak prayed to God regarding his wife because she was barren. And God answered him and uh, she became pregnant. And then the children or the boys more specifically were vying in her. And she said, if so, why this to me? She went out to seek God. It's very uh, difficult pasuk. Very. This is where. How can she go and seek God like this? What? Suddenly I'm going to go and seek so God. I'm going to go seek God. What is the reason? Who did she go to to seek God? Yeah, it says he, go, he went to the. To, what is it? To Shem Shem Weber, yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's but, a Rashi. But uh, how can she go and seek God? It's good. It's it's a good question. This whole pasuk is vague. Why, why is she saying why to me? What what is she complaining what, about? Exactly. Why is she looking to find an answer about these two? I mean, she's preg- finally she's pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a classic Devar Torah that a lot of people say, which is not the Peshat. but you know the midrash. I'll read you the midrash and Rashi. Al Korcha Mikra Aze Omer Dersheni Sheshatam Mayritzazo Dechatabim Ken Lamaze Anochi. He said Rashi says this pasuk is very strange. First of all, what does it mean that they were vying in her stomach? What, they were kicking a lot? My baby kicks a lot they're also. Play, they're playing soccer. Right? <laughs> yeah, they're playing soccer. So, so, and then she says, oh, why me? What do you mean, why me? What, what kind of, it's not, it doesn't make sense. The response doesn't make sense. Maybe because it was twins? She didn't know it was twins? So that, that's true. She didn't know it was twins. So maybe then, that's, that's maybe... so she felt like a lot more was going on and felt natural. So I think the Peshat, I think the Peshat is that she thought there was something wrong with the child. She was scared. She that was after scared. so many years of trying to have a kid, they finally get pregnant, and then she feels something's off. It's like, why me? What? I tried so hard to have a kid, and then this happens, and my kid doesn't seem normal. So she finds out from Shem that she was... And then she finds out that it's it. twins, so that oh, calms okay. her down. That, I think, uh, is the Peshat. Okay, okay, okay. okay? Yeah, but now sense. Rashi, continue. Rashi, continue. Rashi, when they explained that they were like running, whenever she passed by a place of Torah, Yaakov would come get, out and he was yes. run, trying to run out. Whenever she would go in front of Abu Dazara, Esav would be pushing. And then she says to herself, what's, what's wrong with this kid? That's the Midrashic way of understanding. And not that she thought there was something health-wise wrong with the kid. She thought there was something spiritually wrong with the kid. 
דבר אחר, מתרוצצים זה עם זה ומריבים בנחלת שני עולמות. Another interpretation is that they were fighting already over in, the, over the, the first, uh, yeah, before they were even born, they were already fighting over their nachala and their portion and so on. Interesting midrashim. I read this. Also. So there, was a, there, there is a beautiful midrash. There is a beautiful midrash in which, and I think there's a lot of truth to it. There's a midrash on a midrash, which I typically don't like doing. <laughs> But they say, what does this midrash mean that she was so upset that the baby, the one, that the, the same baby would go... And fight to get out over Bet Knesset And that same baby would fight to get out over a place of Abu Dazara Why is that so Like Why is that what made her so worried So she said So, so the, the Midrash on the Midrash says That let's say you have a child Who Acts out and is only bad Then It's very often that There is something in them that's pulling them That They're, let's say, very upset at something and they're acting out. You have a child who's only doing things that are bad, then it's like they're, they're acting out. And then if, as long as they're being pulled in something and they have passion for something, then you could take that passion and redirect yes. it, which is very true. Very good. Yeah, actually. And then good. On, the, on the other hand, if you have a child who wants to go to Kenisal, you're, you're good anyways, right? So if you have a Kenisal who really, really is passionate to run to Abu Dazara, then you see there's passion there. And it's something to work with because there's something driving them towards that. As long as you could fix whatever is wrong with them, then that passion, you could reorient it towards it good right, the right direction. So, and when the kid wants to go to the Bet, Bet Knesset, they also have uh, a lot to work with. Apparently, the most difficult thing to deal with is a child who just doesn't care. You go to Bet Knesset, okay, sure. You go to Abu Dazara, okay, sure. There are no feelings. And when there's no feeling and when there's no, no passion, there's no desire. Then, then it's very hard to awaken that. And, and it's a much more difficult thing Again, this is a midrash on a midrash So uh, take it or leave it But I thought it was a little bit interesting Okay, we're going to pause there um, We're going to pause there And Bezal Hashem, I want to look at some more midrashim On these uh, psikim Yeah, we're going to do a lot of midrashim Amen, amen